Magic the Gathering is a difficult game, made even more so by the fact that you can talk to a longtime player and still walk away having no idea what they said. We're here to keep you up to date on Magic news and format changes just like your favorite FNM and boss would. Except you don't have to smile and nod when they talk about... Humphing. I'm Kyle, a tournament grinder and general modern enthusiast. I'm Anthony, a tournament grinder, FNM and boss, and lover of standard in spite of how much it loves to hurt me. And, and we're, we're the, the Goblin, Goblin Trash Masters. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Goblin Trash Masters podcast. I'm Kyle, joined by my partner in crime, Anthony. Say hello to the people. Dark Slick Shores is in this set. Oh, yes. And that segues perfectly into what we're talking about. Phyrexia All Will Be One. We have the full set, and we're going to talk about it. And we're going to go right into what Anthony was saying. The fast lands. The cycle is completed, and I'm so fucking happy i remember oh kaladesh spoilers and people were like the cycle is completed but like we're in a we're in a pioneer environment now can you imagine yes oh my god like there's so many decks that were like pioneer the format that is based on everyone having good spells and terrible mana mm-hmm. all of a sudden you just get some like really really good you get some you get some really really good fast land access to some fast lands i think Oh my, they they look so good. Uh, Copperline Gorge, it just makes Gruel decks of all kinds. Yeah, of they're playing better. Carplusion Forest right now. Yeah, so their their mana got a lot better, better, and it, it, like, before Gorge, it was awful, the lands that they were playing. They'll probably still play one or two Carplusion Forests. Uh, I mean, yeah. Dark Slick Shores, a.k.a. Slick Shit Creek. <laughs> just, it, it's, it's... These black fast lands are always at their best when you have one mana discard spells to be casting with them. Mm-hmm. But I still think that having access to a turn two land drop that helps fix your mana, helps you cast your Narset on three and leave up sensor without shocking in a watery grave and making it's, it very, yeah, very impactful. Yeah, that's that's something. And then you're the red black pioneer player here so black cleave cliffs oh is God. emotionally it, it just like a, is an emotional pinnacle for you at this point it's oh oh yeah you have no idea how happy i am to just take the sulfurous springs out of my deck and just set them on fire like i get to play a good red black land and i know people will say like all the time like that deck plays the pathways i fucking hate the pathways I that's love that's a bad swamp and that's a bad mountain in that deck i i played with them online and in paper i fucking hate them uh, but now i get to play black leaf cliffs and just don't have to play one or two of sulfur springs i have really good mana throughout the entire game i can play that and play thoughtsies it's awesome mm-hmm. you know and you know we did we didn't mention thicket you know the green white land but i don't really think anybody's gonna play that i mean angels can play it angels um i think that the bogles deck for lack of a better term for that is gonna Mm -hmm. that that deck i i feel like what kind of held that deck back was the fact that they had to have they really wanted to have access to green on one and double white on two Mm -hmm. and you're only allowed to play four temple gardens I think that that deck becomes 
significantly better just by Razor Verge Thicket existing. Hmm, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, and it's it like you. I don't think it'll be as close to modern boggles, obviously, but just being able to have perfect mana between one, two, and three turns, I think, is very, very good for that deck because mm-hmm. you know it, it'll get people. You know, not, there's not like there's not a ton of edicts in the format. Yeah, nah. the set actually did print it a few of them, but it's great. super, super good for Pioneer. It, yeah. It's nice that the entire cycle is legal in Pioneer. Yes. Um, I like that a lot. It, it did seem a little strange that where there are fast lands, the aggressive multicolor decks get a little bit better. And it did seem strange mm-hmm. that in your aggressive decks, you were kind of tilted towards playing enemy colors or wedges, right? Mm-hmm. Because, like, you couldn't play Razor Verge Thicket or Seachrome Coast in, like, that Bant Spirits deck. So you had to play some real derpy lands, and then you had to play Mm -hmm. your Botanical Sanctums. And you were just like, this is not not what I want to be doing. You did not want to be playing Botanical Sanctum in in that list. No, mana gets a lot better for a lot of lot of decks, and it also unlocks a lot of decks that just really don't see play. Like uh, I, I really think with Dark Slick Shores coming into the format that we'll see a decent amount of uh, Pioneer Rogues come in, and you mm-hmm. know I don't know if it'll be good or like decent, but people will play it, and you know it will be actually playable with the Demir Fastland <laughs> in the format, which is super sweet. And I've seen a lot of Demir mid range pop up as well, uh, and this helps that deck. Yeah. A, a ton the, like the know. yellow hat special uh narset days undoing lists really like this oh yeah mm-hmm. that too mm-hmm. um i think i think the big winners with these fast lands coming in are your your one mana spells have suddenly gotten mm-hmm. a lot better your fatal pushes a lot better your, yeah, yeah your opts your considers all of a sudden these cards become a lot better even like your your green one drops become a lot easier to cast without mm-hmm. without hurting your mana base as much. Yeah, you're not sacrificing something to play, you know, one drops in your strategy because now you have, you know, lands that can cast all your spells. It's not like, oh, I have to keep this risky hand because I'm able to play this one drop and then I have to play a tap land or something like that. Mm-hmm. You just you just have access to your mana in the beginning three turns for aggro decks is super super impactful the last thing i have to say is that that sea chrome coast if you are playing like your greg orange blue white control i don't think sea chrome coast goes in that deck no no because you'll, you'll be playing a lot of tap blue white lands on like turn four or five and it's gonna feel real yeah, bad. and you really want that fourth land to come in tap untapped and being mm-hmm. totally honest, you don't you don't always have something to do with your mana on one, and you mm-hmm. don't play a lot of lands that come into play tapped at all in that list. Mm-hmm. But what you do want is you do want to keep your you do play glacial fortresses and stuff, so you do want to keep your uh, island and plains types. counts yeah. type counts higher. You know, mm-hmm. definitely. All right, and uh, we got a newer card. Mm-hmm. It got spoiled, and everybody the card itself. People were like, okay, it's cool. It's a commander card, whatever. But the reminder text of it is what got everybody up in arms and being like, what the hell is this? It's the new Atraxa, which I'll read the card so you, you know, so we can see what the you know what it does. But um it's Atraxa Grand Unifier, three generic green, white, blue, and a black for a legendary Phyrexian Angel, seven seven, flying vigilance, death touch, lifelink. And when it ETBs, 
Reveal the top 10 cards of your library for each card type. You may put a card of that type from among the revealed cards into your hand. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. And the reminder text starts off with artifact, then battle. That's the only new card type that's being referenced now for all the old heads out there. Uh, this is similar to the Tarmogoyf remi- reminder text back in Future Sight, where it said Planeswalker. There had not been Planeswalkers at that time the Tarmogoyf was printed. It's the same thing with the Traxa. It made me think of Tarmogoyf and people like, oh, what's Planeswalkers? And then we get Planeswalkers and there was something really good for the game. The last time they introduced something new into Magic, it wasn't necessarily a new card type, but I, we all view it that way because it was only used in one way. It was Companion. I know that was a mechanic, but it, feel, it, feel, it felt like a... Uh, a new card basically because nobody's playing Lurises in their main decks at the time. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I hope battle is just something cheesy and goofy for, for, for magic, but I'm pretty skeptical that it's probably going to do something stupid. Yeah. I remember seeing this spoiler and very notably it listed out artifact battle creature enchantment, instant land planeswalker and sorcery as card types, but it did, but it did not include tribal yes i thought there was a reasonable possibility that battle is what they were going to be calling tribal now Ooh, that's yeah but that was confirmed by mark rosewater to not be the case yeah i think i don't think they just i don't think that tribal is going to be on any reminder text going forward i just think they're pretty much done with with that card type going forward yeah i thought there was a possibility that there was going to be a tribal rename just because um, I know that they aren't in love with tribal being a keyword in this game. But Which is fair. if you are playing this in Commander and you do have a tribal card in your deck, you can also get tribal. What does battle do? Mm-hmm. Who knows? We at this point have the full set, right? Yeah, we have the full set spoiled. Um, there hasn't been a battle card. I, I really, this is probably going to be something that is in March of the Machines. Like, because this is... As far as like the magic story goes, this is like their Avengers Endgame arc type thing. So there might just be like battle cards when it's just like, oh God, I, is it going to be like Clash back in like Lorwyn block or something? Something dumb like that, but an, an actual card type? Maybe. So Kyle and I went ahead and uh, showed an awful lot of restraint on this one. And we stuck with... Awful lot. Yeah, an awful lot. We stuck with our top three Top three what, you ask? Who the fuck knows? They're top three cards that we're hyped about. Uh, does that mean that they're playable? Uh, does that mean that we just think they're neat? Uh, yes. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> we're just They're just cards that we think are really, really cool. We gave ourselves three each, and we cheated a little bit and gave ourselves one honorable mention, but our honorable mention ended up being the same card. So, uh, Kyle... What is our honorable mention? Ooh, I want this card to be so good or just at least playable because, oh, my word. Uh, you know I, I love me some some Golgari cards. I play I play Yawgmoth a lot, obviously. I've said that a lot on this podcast, but we have a particular three mana planeswalker that I am very hyped for. And that is Tyvar jubilant baller baller. (laughs) (laughs) We got an episode title motherfucker. Jubilant baller. Here we go. Tyvar be ballin. He is a one black green planeswalker, three starting loyalty for three mana. Uh, He has a static ability. 
which is you may activate abilities of creatures you control as though those creatures had haste. Pretty good. Uh, plus one, untap up to one target creature. And then a minus two, mill three cards. Then you may return a creature card with mana value two or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. I am very excited about this card, but I would like to hear why you had this as your honorable mention. This is really cool in elves. I like being able Ooh, yes. to play a mana dork <laughs> and then tap that mana dork for mana immediately. Because mm-hmm. in playing mono green devotion, a lot of times one of the thought processes you'll go through is this land of war elves is free because I'm going to tap a forest to play it. And then I'm going to activate mm-hmm. Nykthos and I'm going to make one more green mana because that guy is in play. Mm-hmm. Tyvar does a lot of the same thing. It makes that land of war elf free. You can play it and tap it right away to make more mana. Mm-hmm. It also allows you to put one of those back in from the graveyard and then tap it immediately. Like you can, your yeah. minus two can give you a land of war elf for free and make you some mana. Uh, your plus one can untap a land of war elf and make you some mana. Now this is like minimum, right? Like this is assuming mm-hmm. that there's not anything that's making you extra mana. Um, and then there's stuff you can do with creatures that doesn't necessarily make mana. Like your mm-hmm. two mana, your green, green elf Lord that taps to go search your library for another copy of itself. Ooh. Yeah. Like clan caller. Yeah. Right? Clan caller. You can, yeah, yeah. you can play a clan caller and then activate it right away. Oh, or the, um, oh, what's it? A circle of dream druids elf, the green, green, green mm-hmm. for the guy's cradle on a, on a body works really, really well with this card. Yes. I think, I think it's really good. Um, I think that if we're playing this in any elf deck, then we're very likely trying to just go fast. And I think a lot of these three mana elves are going to kind of be pushed down a little bit. I think we're going to see less copies of your three mana elf in that situation you're probably just going to try and go Mm -hmm. really really wide that said this turns elvish archdruid into a massive ritual Ooh, yeah damn (laughs) yeah it's just the the um the static and the plus one just allows you to just go just god you can make so much mana Mm -hmm. activate azuri a few times or activate Mm -hmm. um one drop dinosaur elf help me allosaurus uh shepherd yeah yeah that card's fucking stupid that card is so good yeah oh man yeah it's funny i when i was thinking about this card i wasn't really thinking about just straight up elves which is funny because it's like the first elves planeswalker we've really had um what what are you talking about nissa went and got you a two a two one elf from your library and put it straight into play og nissa She was ostensibly elf. Oh, gee, that's a... Yeah. It's, okay. That card was I'm talk- playable, TM. <laughs> I'm just talking about a, a Planeswalker specifically made for the elf archetype, if that makes more sense. Well, yeah. Uh, original Nissa, OG Tyvar, right? Yeah, OG Tyvar. But that was in Kaldheim. That was recent. Yeah, I'm trying to... I don't remember what that card did because I, I, I think it ended up not being Like all, all elves... All elves have like tap at a black and then it was just like make a one, one elf, something like that. The ultimate had to deal with like, like it was crater hoof or like you get a bunch of elves out of your library, something like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It wasn't great for a, a four mana planeswalker, but Tyvar seems great in like, and like pi- pioneer um, Golgari elves. This card seems 
really, really good. Yeah, you it know, being three makes such a huge difference. I think that they've tried a few times to give us elf-specific commanders, and they've overwhelmingly uh, been bad. Uh, elf-specific uh, planeswalkers, and they've overwhelmingly mm-hmm. been bad. I think this one might do it. I think it might do it too. Just it being three three mana, you can cast this on turn two. You know, just all just the amount of mana generation that the the elves deck in Pioneer, Modern, and Legacy can have. I don't know if it'll go back to Legacy or even Modern, but I think this really really helps pioneer uh elves just like to have even more explosive turns than it usually has and it gives it some grind too because that minus two where you mill three cards and then return a creature mm-hmm. is really really good all right kyle what's your what's your what's your number three what thing are you third most excited about in this upcoming set so uh my number three we got to do the uh, the sportscaster thing. Number three uh, on my top three list for Phyrexia All Will Be One is uh, a green card. It's a mana dork, not surprisingly. I think this card will be seeing some play in Yawgmoth. It is Armored Scrap Gorger. It is one colorless and a green for Phyrexian Beast. Zero three. Uh, it gets plus three plus zero as long as it has as long as it has three or more oil counters on it. Tap. Add one mana of any color. And then when Armored Scrap Gorger becomes tapped, exile target card from a graveyard and put an oil counter on it. I think this card is is very, very good for, for the simple fact that it says when it becomes tapped, you can exile the card and put a counter on it. It's not when it adds mana, when it attacks, just as long as it's becoming tapped, it gets an oil counter on it. Mm-hmm. And it's a two mana O3, blocks super well. It adds one mana of any color very very relevant and in the late game it's just a 3-3 beater like and it's graveyard hate it's just incidental graveyard hate when it whenever you're using this as a mana dork i think this is very very good now i will i have seen some people being like oh it's similar to death right shaman i'm like no i am willing to make a bet with you right now all right okay <laughs> i'm willing to bet you dinner okay that six months from today we can look back and we can see a maximum of two copies of Armored Scrap Gorger in any top eight lists in Standard, Pioneer, and Modern for its entire legality for the first six months of its legality. Just just two two copies as the most. At, at the most. So if there's if if there's zero, I win. If there's one, I win. If there's two, I win. If there's three or any other positive number, uh, you win. And we do this six months or I guess two pre-releases. That'd have been an easier way to do it. Two pre-releases okay. from Phyrexia all will be one. I love that you have faith in this card. I, I don't have any. I'll, I'll take that action because this is this is definitely a card that I can see you losing to. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'll lose to it. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, this is the type of card that I think that the two mana has historically been not good enough. Two mana creatures that you have to untap with in order to make mana just historically have not been very good. The Amon Cat one, I believed in it and I got so burned. What's that channeler or whatever? I need to look up what this card is called. Channeler Initiate. That's the two mana three, four tap to make a mana of any color. 
I don't remember that card at all. Is that all it did? Uh, no, it started with three minus one minus one counters on it. It, it, it tapped to make a mana. It removed one of those counters. Uh, okay. So it got like, and I think I think Channeler Initiate has a lot more upside than Armored Scrap Gorger does. And I just didn't see it there. So yeah. I'm, I'm going to take that back. All right. I, 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 I believe in the Scrap Gorger, probably the best one out there and really the only one that sees like the most play is Wall of Roots because you don't have to, you don't have to tap it. Yeah, you, you, it's very explosive, especially with Court of Calling and just various modern like creature combo decks. It has historically been fantastic because it taps for two green when you Court of Calling, which is insane. And the fact that it's an O5, it blocks literally fucking everything. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, I in Yawgmoth, I don't think you cut Wall of Roots completely, but I think you can do like a 3-2 split oh with like Lord. two Scrap Gorger, th- three, three Wall of Roots, or just a 3-3. Three, three. But now I, I will say... It being two mana kind of kind of messes with it, but I, I Birds of Paradise's days are numbered. I f- I hate that I have to play that card, and it's so bad, but I have to because it's only one mana. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, um, yeah. Um, this guy not ever having one toughness, I guess, makes him, uh, makes him a little less dead to uh, Renin Six. I don't know. I'm doing my best. <laughs> I have my. Yeah, uh, I, I know. I think that's I, I, Kyle. I think your pick is terrible. How dare you? How <laughs> I, dare you? I think. L- look, look I at think him. This card is so bad. <laughs> I know he got a he got a big old head on him. He looking awfully cute. He got he got them big knobby knees. That means he's a grown got them boy. Skinny legs. <laughs> I th- All right, I, I think big guy. Bad. What's your number three? If you're shitting on mine so much. Oh my god, mine's so much worse. Okay. Uh, <laughs> mine is a land called the Mycosynth Gardens. It has the land type sphere. Ooh, stunning. Um, it taps to add a colorless. It is uh, generic and tapped to add a man of any color. So it's just your basic filter lands, right? On its face, mm-hmm. it's just a basic filter land. It also has an ability where you can pay X, tap it. The Mycosynth Gardens becomes a copy of target non-token artifact you control with mana value X. This card seems insane to me. Like, <laughs> I think I think that the low to the ground artifact deck has been kind of in modern has been kind of nudged out by Karn. Like you can't be doing mm-hmm. like you can't be doing welding jar shit in a Karn format, right? It's embarrassing. No, it's it's very, very tough, yeah. I think Karn's days in multiple formats are numbered. In Pioneer for sure. I think his yeah. his 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 days in Pioneer are numbered. And I think that that's the type of card that just gets better and better with every set release. Karn is. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And any any artifact set that comes out is just it helps Karn so much. Yeah. And there's like at a certain point, Mycosynth Lattice already died. For Karn's sins. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they basically said, let's keep the cool card and get rid of the, the one that hasn't seen play until now. <laughs> I, I do think that as Karn becomes less, either less legal or less viable, mm-hmm. I think we're going to see these lantern control type decks pop up again. And this being a surprise lantern, mm-hmm. a surprise ensnaring bridge. Just taps surprise it to, codex shredder. Yeah. Like, yeah, you can use it, make turn into a codex shredder just to turn up the heat and like try and mm-hmm. get through it quicker. 
And just remember, a welding jar in play means that every copy of Microsynth Gardens you have has tap, turn it into a tapped welding jar, sacrifice it to save something. Mm-hmm. So Which I, is I th- insane. I think that card is good. Yeah, seems seems pretty good. <laughs> uh, going into my number two, number two, uh, it is a card that I think legacy players are going to complain about for a while. And that is Mercurial Spell Dancer. It's one in a blue. It can't it can't be blocked, so evasion. And whenever you cast a non-creature spell, put an oil counter on Spell Dancer. Mm-hmm. When Spell Dancer deals combat damage to a player, you may remove two oil counters from it. If you do, when you cast your next instant or sorcery spell, this turn, copy that spell. You may choose new targets for the copy. I mean, this card seems sick. I don't I don't know how I don't know how well this fits into any existing legacy archetype, but I know that I kind of want to play this card in something somewhere. Yeah, this this just screams uh, Dread Dread Horde Arcanist to me. It's not. I don't think it's like as good as Arcanist, but it's still along those lines. It's just whenever you cast a non-creature spell, you put an oil counter on it. If you're in a spell spell slinger strategy. It's going to be really easy to turn this thing on. Mm-hmm. It's always going to do combat damage. And I don't know if your opponent wants to waste a removal spell on the 2-1 unblockable that sometimes has value, but they're going to have to because I feel like this is just going to snowball in formats that just have really, really good, efficient instants and sorceries. You know, like Lightning Bolt, Brainstorm, Ponder, things like that. Mm-hmm. Like, just you doubling those spells just seems awesome. <laughs> Thinking in Legacy... I don't think I want this card against Delver, and I don't think I want this card against Mono White Initiative. Mercurial Spell Dancer may be Mr. Right, but not Mr. Right now. Right now, yeah. And this card has one toughness and costs two mana, so you can't you can't play this in modern. No, it's you, the it, it's it's not Ragavan. Like <laughs> Yeah, it, it it's just like you can't play two mana one toughness creatures in that format with, with Renin Six mm-hmm. running around. It's just too much of a blowout. It seems super fun. It seems really powerful. You know, um, it's just one of those really fun cards. And I just like it was my number two, mainly because it's just like the more and more I think about it and I read the card. I'm just like, this card seems just really good, you know, Mm -hmm. and I think it'll be good in standard, you know, just it's a beater with evasion. You know, that's just good in most formats and it just does extra stuff. So, yeah, I'm pretty I'm pretty hyped on this card. Uh, it's, it's not, uh, I don't think this is a card where you and I have to have a bet about uh, if it'll see play. I think you and I are, are on the same page. Like it'll, I it'll, mean, it'll definitely it'll see, see play in something. I'm going to play it in something. So, oh yeah, it's, it's, it's an Anthony card for sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What do you got for number two? Uh, speaking of Anthony cards, uh, what I've got for two <laughs> is conduit of worlds Two green, green for an artifact. That's not legendary. Uh, it also it allows you, it says you may play land cards from your graveyard. Cool. Crucible of Worlds. What else does it do? Why does it cost one more mana and green green? Mm-hmm. Tap. Choose target non-land permanent card in your graveyard. If you haven't cast a spell this turn, you may cast that card. If you do, you can't cast additional spells this turn. Activate only as a sorcery. So, Crucible of Worlds, very good. Mm-hmm. Crucible Worlds is a good card. Um, Very good. This one being Crucible of Worlds, but also 
allowing you to cast things from your graveyard. Also very good. Now, they do have to be permanents, and you can't cast you can't cast them if you cast something before or after. So it has to be the only thing mm-hmm. you're casting this turn. But you know what are non-land permanents that end up in your graveyard really easy? Sagas. Ooh, yeah. And sagas end up feeling a lot like three spells a lot of the time. Like they do three things, three or more. Yeah, very true. All right, drum roll. What is your number one? That's number one. <laughs> well, it looks like Infect is back on the menu, boys. My number one pick is Venerated Rot Priest. This card's just fucking insane to me. It's a one green, one mana, one two. Phyrexian Druid, Toxic 1, which Toxic is players dealt combat damage by this creature also get a poison counter. So it's Toxic 1. If it deals combat damage, it will also deal the combat damage as well as giving the opponent one poison counter, which is, you know, something to keep in mind. And then it has whenever a creature you control becomes the target of a spell, target opponent gets a poison counter. Mm -hmm. And like I said, it's a 1-2. So it doesn't die to Ren and 6 in formats like Modern. I think you put this in Modern Infect, and it's insane to me. Like, this card is super good because it was pointed out to me, this card in Spellskite is pretty sweet. Yeah. And it says whenever a creature you control becomes the target of a spell. Mm-hmm. Not, not a spell opponent controls. So you're just doing your Infect thing, casting pump spells on your, your creatures. Your opponent's getting a poison counter. Yeah. Like, I, I think that for Constructed... I think the most likely situation this guy exists is likely going to be with a bunch of Spellskites. I don't think the existing mm-hmm. Infect deck, I don't think that this card is going to be an all-star in that deck because no matter how much you pump it, it's only dealing one when it connects. So your Vines of Vastwood don't make it so that you're hitting for five Infect. You're still hitting for mm-hmm. one plus the one from the target. Now, if you have two Spellskites... It gets real crazy. You can just bounce <laughs> the same thing back and forth between the two Spellskites and give your opponent a poison counter each time. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. So, Su- super, super good. I think there's a possibility that there's going to be like that, that there's a there's a combo somewhere for that mm-hmm. sort of thing. And like in the Infect deck, I don't think this is like uh, something that you pump. Like now we, we've all been there. Like you and I have played infect at, at one point or another mm-hmm. sometimes you just you know hooting mandrills or no, noble hierarch uh beat down plan and just you know do it normally sometimes it happens but i think this is something where like you play glycerin elf on turn one uh you play this on turn two and you just target your glycerin elf with a with a um with a pump spell and go into attacks it's just one extra poison counter it helps your it it, it um accelerates your clock and like you said like i think you played the two spell skites in that in the infect deck now along with side this just to have that like combo kill potential and it, you know infect needed some help there's no it technically can turn two people but that's happy christmas land i feel like mm-hmm. this gives it a little more grind because just think of a stack where like this is on the battlefield your opponent goes to fatal push somebody you vines of asswood the the creature that's being like fatal pushed uh, then they go like, oh, I have another one, Fatal Push. And then you just like Blossoming Defense. That's just four in, like uh, poison counters mm-hmm. happening. And even if it's just like, hey, I'm going to Fatal Push that, you still get a a poison counter. And I think this kind of falls into the uh, Giver of Ruins thing, where it's just like it itself doesn't protect anything, but you kind of have to get it off the battlefield or else you're just 
going to die. Mm-hmm. I think that this is pretty likely to be if the, I think if this makes its way into modern infect, it will give the the archetype a little bit of a boost. But I think it's more likely to be a, a shaper sanctuary replacement mm-hmm. than a threat in and of itself, uh, just because this doesn't really vibe with Infect's normal game plan, like the blue-green Infect deck. And that mm-hmm. is, present a threat on one, I'm going to make you answer it. If I get to untap with this, I'm going to threaten to kill you no matter what you do. You can never take a turn off. You can never put your shields down because I will kill you. And uh, I think that this doesn't do that. Like, I am pretty happy taking hits from this without being super worried about it. And even scarier, I think that you can try and fight this fight pre-combat against Venerated Rot Priest, right? Mm-hmm. I, if I'm if this is a Glistener Elf, I do not want to use damage-based removal on the Glistener Elf pre-combat, right? Because mm-hmm. I don't want your make-this-big-enough-to-survive effects to also deal me additional poison counters. This guy, that doesn't really happen. That's fair, yeah, yeah. I think that this is not... This doesn't fit into the main deck game plan of the Infect deck right away. I don't know. This one I'm I'm, I'm definitely less sure on. I think the card's really cool. I'm really excited about it. I kind of want to see what's going on there. Yeah, it's definitely one I wanted to like see where it goes, how it shapes out in certain metas of like... Um, multiple formats to be honest I also want to see like how toxic is not just in standard but also if like some kind of toxic deck becomes pioneer viable you know this is not as good as infect obviously like we said it's just it's toxic and whatever numbers afterwards that's the amount of poison counters you're getting it's not as good as infect it's not as bad as poison yes Correct. Mm -hmm. It's somewhere in between because it also deals regular combat damage, Mm -hmm. which is something that can add up. Definitely. But uh, going into your number one, what is your number one for Phyrexia? All will be one. Drum roll. (laughs) Your drum roll was better (laughs) than my drum roll. My drum roll just sounded like... Like I was in a fugue state and was surprised to find peanut butter in my mouth. My number one is another artifact called Ickermoon Gauntlet, and it costs two and a blue artifact. And it says Planeswalkers you control have a loyalty ability that reads zero proliferate and negative 12 take an additional turn after this one. Whenever you cast a non-creature spell, choose a counter on target permanent, put an additional counter of that kind on that permanent. So just proliferate one thing. Mm-hmm. Do I think that this card is going to be super playable in Pioneer or Modern or Legacy? No. I think that this card is just bananas in Commander. I think that this is going to be yep. one of those cards that just does so many things. Also, it gives Narset on one something to do. Mm-hmm. and I th- Which is super, super impactful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I think that sort of stuff is just really cool. I'm actually really excited about this card. This card is pre-ordering for like 30 bucks, mm-hmm. but this is pre-orders and a post Jace, the mind sculptor landscape um, pre-order prices do not hold. Uh, this is going to be the kind of card that I think you can get pretty reasonably once we hit peak supply. And I think you should just grab them because this is a very unique effect and it's very good. I think this, this is just very, very good. Yeah, and I, if if they dip 
uh, in price and you want them for a commander deck, I would say just go get them because I, I just feel like this card is always just going to be expensive. Yeah. Like because of commander. I also think that there is a reasonable chance that there is something in standard involving Tefiri Temporal Pilgrim and this mm -hmm. and like Wandering Emperor and maybe the uh, six mana Wanderer from this set. Or the, the new Kaya from this set. Like, yeah. I feel like there's going to be a Super Friends deck in standard with this card. Yeah. Because like there's a lot of really good Planeswalkers. You've got access to some really good sweepers. Mm -hmm. I think there's something to be done there. Not legendary. Why on earth would it be? <laughs> they don't do legendary lands or, or a lot of legendary artifacts anymore because it feels bad when you like, you know, have to play the second legendary. Also, that art is sick. Yeah, it's just uh, Tamio just like holding that giant Phyrexian glove thing. <laughs> gauntlet. Yeah, she's wearing Metal. her cool <laughs> Ikramoon gauntlet or whatever, but she's got like a full-on like bowl tattoo of uh of the Phyrexia <laughs> symbol. And like I can vibe with that. I love it. Tamio looks like she's gonna be playing for the New York Liberty this season. <laughs> Starting point guard. <laughs> <laughs> Just dishing it out. <laughs> look at that. Look at that reach. She's a three and D if I've ever seen one. <laughs> Oh man! Oh, just uh. What, oh, all right, here's here's a here's a fun non magic uh low conversation starter. Who would be your starting five from the planeswalkers that exist in Magic? You're starting a team, a basketball team. Who's your starting five? Oh shit! Okay, so this is gonna be like so this is gonna be like Space Jam, but yeah, the Blind Eternities. So Blind Eternities <laughs> Jam. Love it. Okay, okay. My starting five at center. Uh, at at center, I think I'm just gonna go with Karn because he's like historically just like isn't is canonically he's like seven foot tall or whatever, right? No, oh, he's ginormous. He's, yeah, he's <laughs> ginormous. Got attention to detail. That man looks like he would chase down a rebound. Uh, at the four, I'm definitely having Garrick because that guy can move Ooh, some space. Yeah. He's got like that Karl Malone vibe to him. Mm -hmm. I think at three, I want. I want a slasher, so I, I probably want a slasher with those with those bigs down low. So I'm probably going with I'm probably going with Wandering Emperor at the three slot. Okay. Um, yeah. I think she can I think she can move, and I think she doesn't need to finish at the rim. I, I feel like she can she can nail some floaters down. Mm -hmm. At the at the shooting guard spot, it's definitely Jace Architect of Thought, but like T H O T. So the Ixalan one. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Shirtless Jace. <laughs> yeah. Because um, I, I feel like I feel like he doesn't need a lot of shots to get going and just can kind mm. of, you know, and mm. can and can handle the double team as uh, evidenced by the fact. Because <laughs> he can duplicate himself. <laughs> it's a bad joke. <laughs> I loved it. And 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 starting and starting point guard. Um, I need someone with this offense. I need someone that does not need their shots. Okay. I do. Mm -hmm. I need someone that does not need to get any shots in. I need someone who's ready to be there and be the workhorse. This team needs distribute lead, call out screens, do stuff like that. It's going to be Tybalt. <laughs> I fucking knew it. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yep. Tybalt, the point guard, just starting shit. <laughs> All right, and for our little guessing game to finish up the episode, we're going to do Phyrexian Future Sight, uh, a completed Future Sight, if you will. Uh, so we're going to see 
uh, do a little guessing game and see what uh, cards we think, like exist- existing cards, we think we'll see more play with the new set being printed. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you have one, I got one. Yeah, I've been good thinking to go. about it all day. But yeah, if you want to start us off, go for it. All right. My pick is a three mana planeswalker, end of hints. Is it Narset? Yeah, it's Narset. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's you saying a three-mana Planeswalker. It's either Narset or Teferi. <laughs> no, I think that that card, that card, I'm not saying there's any specific thing that says proliferate on it that has suddenly jumps out at me as being playable. But whenever you have this critical mass of cards that say proliferate on them, and some mm-hmm. of them are going to be pushed, even if we don't know what they are yet. Mm-hmm. And if some of them get pushed far enough and are generally applicable enough, you can be in a situation where you can have a Narset in play and get some incidental proliferation going on and be able to activate Narset again. And that just seems really, really powerful. Now, it doesn't necessarily that, have yeah. to be the Ikramoon Gauntlet, right? Mm-hmm. It could be there's just enough things that proliferate that if any of them end up being good enough, Narset could be a beneficiary of that. But when I say Narset, I really just mean any of the low-cost planeswalkers that have trouble ramping their loyalty up. So three Fury is in, in there as well. Um, stuff like that. Your low loyalty planeswalkers get a lot better if you can proliferate. Yeah, like all the War of the Spark planeswalkers um get 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 help, you know, and just like Narset's a, a prime one, uh three Teferi. Just being able to proliferate three mana Teferi and Narset, just keep finding cards keep drawing cards mm-hmm. and bouncing, you know, specific permanents. That's super, super impactful. And just, you know, with all the pr- proliferating in this set, like we got a lot of it, honestly, ultimating planeswalkers, I feel is a lot easier now, mm-hmm. which is cool and a little terrifying. <laughs> yeah. And I think that, um, at least in standard Teferi temporal pilgrim really likes proliferation because it increases his counters, but he also makes guys that mm-hmm. make counters. So like, it gets harder to attack the fury the longer those things stay in play, and you can just do stuff with that. Yeah, I mean, just the clock just gets more substantial mm-hmm. if you're proliferating as well as drawing cards. Like, and I'm not sure how many of those proliferate effects are going to be constructed playable. Historically, mm-hmm. very few, but we really only need like one or two to kind of yeah, pop not over many. that line and it becomes very relevant. So it's something definitely to keep an eye on is if you are finding that card that you think is going to with proliferate on it, that you think is going to kind of be pushed far enough to go over that line into playability. Mm-hmm. Um, that's usually a good bet. All right. What you got for me? All right. The mana value of this card is three as well. Mm-hmm. It gets buffed for a certain amount of things on the battlefield. It was good in modern. It was good in legacy. Still see some play there. And it is Celestia. Okay. So it's a three mana Celestia. Is it a creature? It is a creature. Three mana Celestia creature that cares about the number of card types in play. Well, it cares about a certain card type in play. It gets buffed for having many of these in play. And it is a 2-2. Two, two. And it has an activated ability. Oh, okay. Is the card type it cares about creature as well? No. I will tell you it is lands. You think Knight of the Reliquary? Because of Tyvar. Ooh, okay. Oh. You were thinking about elves with that card. I was thinking about like, Maverick. hey, what if like Maverick is like cool with this card mm-hmm. and, you know, just 
Knight of the Reliquary, one of my favorite cards. I It's not great anymore, but I think with Tyvar just being able to just play Knight of the Reliquary, activate it, like sack your flagstones to Troke here, ramp a little bit, get utility lands, grow the knight, and then untap it with the Planeswalker. Well, Seems really, really good. Knight needs to sacrifice a forest or a plains, right? It, yes, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. And you can play Yavamaya now. Yeah. So hear me out on this. <laughs> okay. Ooh. Okay. Ooh. Pay. Have Tyvar in play. Pay your three mana for Knight of the Reliquary. One of those three mana you're paying for Knight of the Reliquary is a Dryad Arbor. You tap Knight immediately because it has haste to sacrifice the Dryad Arbor. Put it into the graveyard. You can minus Kyvar, bring back the Dryad Arbor, tap it for mana again, along with whatever you got from the Knight of Reliquary, effectively making your Knight of the Reliquary uh, a one drop because you've paid for paid for its own two mana. That awesome. Oh my God. That, oh, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm building some dumb Maverick deck now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it seems good. Uh, Knight of it the, seems good. I, I bet you that if you are going to go big with mm-hmm. your Tyvar deck, and you're mm-hmm. going like Knight of the Reliquary. I think that this is probably uh this is probably a good list for you to be playing your for you to be playing your conduit of worlds. Ooh, yeah, that is true. Cause um you know, you're 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 filling your graveyard up with a ton of lands. It's the Crucible Worlds thing, but also like anything you mill with Tyvar, you can just cast with the conduit of worlds. Mm-hmm. And you can always just replay your Knight of the Reliquary from the graveyard yeah. with that. And then you know, oh no, I need something else to do. Well, you've got another reliquary activation you can do. You can untap it with Tyvar and activate it again. Because um, mm-hmm. there's been a lot of those value like land decks that did play just Crucible of Worlds. Yeah, I think it's really good. I like that. I like awesome. that picking off a lot. All right. So coming up this weekend, you mm-hmm. and I are headed to Louisville. To play yeah, in an RCQ. modern RCQ. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. It's all modern all the time these days. All modern all the time. It's uh it's it's the it's the the area we're in. Yep. It's it's a really big modern community. And look, I'd love to play Pioneer in a tournament setting. I really like that format just for from a grinding perspective, but I like modern. I'll still play yeah. it. You know, it's it's fun. <laughs> um now worth noting is that this episode should be coming out on the Monday before pre-release. So mm-hmm. these cards are going to be available to you starting pre-release weekend. Stores are officially allowed to sell them on pre-release weekend as of right now. Mm-hmm. And with the recent rule change, you are allowed to put them in your deck as soon as you have hit that pre-release. The moment they're for sale and you're able to purchase them, they are legal in the formats you would like to play them in which is very nice i think that's a net positive it puts some onus mm-hmm. on tos to be a little careful about when they're hosting events that matter like they may not want to host like your 5ks like on pre-release weekend because all of a sudden mm-hmm. like card availability is a real issue and all that good stuff but we're gonna see some some slip-ups there but overall i think it's a net positive I think it's good. Signing off from Lexington, I'm Kyle. I'm Anthony. And until next week, do us a favor. Stay trashy, my friends.
If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like and subscribe. It helps us out a ton and makes it easier for other players like you to hear what we have to say. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon, Stitcher, Spotify, Peanut.fm, and iHeartRadio. One of those was not real, but we'll never tell. It was Peanut, wasn't it? Oh, shut the fuck up.